We're in Matthew chapter 5, if you would please open up your Bibles, whether electronic or paper. I love to hear the turning of God's Word in the church. I love to know that you have your Bible with you. For I don't want you to just listen to me. I'm not here to just do a motivational speech. I'm not here to just make you feel good, and especially today. If you're here and you're contemplating Christianity, you've come on a day that I'm not going to convince you that it's the best option. Today we're going to get to the, the real heart of Christianity. Something you don't hear a lot about. When I was growing up, when I was really young and I was in elementary school, I did not realize that I had a problem with the birth defect that I had with my feet until I went to school and I was told by all the other kids. And they made fun of me, and I was actually bullied. There was one, I'll, I'll never forget, there was this one kid, I don't remember his name, I don't even remember what he looks like, but every day I'd get on the bus and he'd bully me. He was an older kid, and he would just pick on me. And um, I do remember, I'm going to confess right in front of all, all of you. I do remember on St. Patrick's Day, I got on the bus, and I was not wearing green. And he wanted to come sit with me. And I knew if he was going to come sit with me and I did not wear green, what was going to happen. And your pastor at the ripe age of, I don't know, seven, six, whatever it was, when he sat down in my chair and insisted that he was going to sit with me on the bus, something within me had welled up and at that moment I lit into him like a chicken on a June bug. Man, I was a swinging. I didn't know what I was doing. But when it was over, I was in the principal office. He had a bloody nose and he never picked on me again. <laughs> so, but I told you that story to say I understand what it's like to be bullied. There are a lot of bullies in this world, there's a lot of bullies in our schools, there's a lot of bullies in our life. And today we're going to talk about something that's similar to being bullied, but a little bit different. If you've ever been bullied or really persecuted or treated badly, raise your hand. All right, for the, for, for, for the eight of you, you're going to understand today's message. Uh, we are in a society where the word bullying is used a lot. There's a no tolerance for bullying. But today what we're going to get into takes it to a spiritual level and how we're to respond to it. Because it's, it's not easy when it comes to our faith. I am not here to, to tell you and to try to get you afraid and to rile you up to go out there and fight people. In fact, it's going to be completely the opposite today. When I get to Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, it seems like everything that I would think has been turned upside down. And so I wonder, what do I do with this? How do I respond? So let's look at these three verses, and then we're going to dive into them. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Whenever we look at this scripture, I want you to notice a bookend with the Beatitudes. If you look at the very end of verse 10, 
It says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And if you look at, back at verse 3, you will also see that it says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Scripture, what this is considered is like a bookend, and everything in the middle goes together, and everything builds between these two bookends. So we can see that the process we've been talking about, being spiritually bankrupt, you have nothing to bring, you know that you're a sinner, you're sorry for those sins, and that when you come humbly and say, God, you're in, in control, you're in charge, I'm not, I submit to your authority, please forgive me, I want you, then he will give you a pure heart, give you a mission to be a peacemaker in other people's lives, and then he tells you what to expect. Now, if you're doing what God has asked you to do, if you're doing the right stuff, I would love to tell you Good things are going to happen to you, brothers and sisters. Just follow the Lord, do what He says, and you're going to be blessed. But that would be contradictory to what Jesus tells us. What kind of movement will tell you that if you follow me, follow us, do what we are proclaiming as truth, proclaiming as good, you're going to get persecuted for it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's not very good salesmanship, is it? It's not the technique that you would use to win somebody over or to get them to, to take your product. You're telling them that if you sign up, there's great benefits, but you're going to be persecuted. But for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not might be or could be. And I want to make sure we're clear up front. Just because you're persecuted does not mean that you're a child of God and you inherit heaven. You only inherit heaven when you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have a relationship with Him. Then you inherit heaven. And as a result of that, you're going to be persecuted. And those who know Christ will be persecuted. That's what Jesus is saying. So we should not be surprised when we are, but we will get there in just a moment. If you do good, you should get good. Or if you do right, then you can have your best life now, as one pastor says. That is a bunch of baloney. If you don't know Jesus, you'll get your best life right now. But if you know Jesus... Your best life is yet to come, and your life is going to be trouble right now. Man, how is anybody going to follow Jesus with those kind of benefits? Well, let me tell you, I, Jesus is a man of truth, and I want to be a man of truth. I want you to know, to follow Christ means you're going to be persecuted. He's told us from the beginning. He was persecuted. We will be persecuted. Our best life is yet to come. It's not right now. This is like the last domino to fall. We make deals with God, don't we? We make deals with God all the time. We, we, we say, God, if, if, if you'll just do so and so, then I will do such and such. If you'll only be good to me, Lord, then I will do this other thing. Do you under, Listen to what you just did. God, if you will do what I want, then I'll do what you want. If you will just save my mama, then I'll go to church every Sunday. Really? Can I just tell you that's some audacity to talk to God like that? To try to make God do what you want because you promise you're going to do what He wants? That's arrogance. That's pride. 
That's hard. But we do it all the time, don't we? Because we want the good. We want the benefits. We want God to do good stuff for us if we do good stuff for Him. We like to have the benefit, the good. But yet, as we look in Scripture, it seems like it's completely the opposite of that. Blessed are those who have been persecuted. In other words, he is saying, don't be surprised. There's some of you that are going to already be persecuted and you are going to be blessed. And we have talked about what that blessing actually is and it means fully satisfied. Fully satisfied are those who have been persecuted. Really? Do you know anybody who seems to be fully satisfied when they're persecuted? But I want you to notice why the persecution comes. See, before, when I told you my story of being bullied when I was in elementary school, I wasn't being bullied because of righteousness or Jesus. It's because I was different and I was smaller and some kid wanted to enact his agenda upon me. But notice what it says here, fully satisfied are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. See, just because you're persecuted doesn't mean Jesus is talking about you. You may be persecuted because you, you, you got a, a jerk of an attitude, because you're being a bum, because you're being lazy, because you've said some stuff you shouldn't be saying. You're doing some things you shouldn't be doing, and you're being persecuted. Don't think God is going, oh, well, blessed are those that are persecuted. He's saying blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For those who are pursuing God's way in their life and they get persecuted, then they are blessed. They are fully satisfied. They are filled up. Because I'm telling you, it's going to separate what's real from the fake. Because when you are being persecuted, you will either continue to walk in your faith or you'll go, yeah, this ain't worth it. And you realize it's not real. Look at the disciples, what happened in their life. After Christ rose from the dead, they each gave their life for what they believed. They were beaten. They were stoned. Peter was hung on a cross upside down. Paul the apostle was beheaded. Now today, I don't come to you saying, we all need to go out and get beheaded or hung upside down on a cross. But I believe Jesus is referring to you and I to let us know that we can expect persecution with our faith. So when we talk about being blessed, let's start, start with number one. I think it's very clear. Blessed are those who have been persecuted. Blessed are you when people insult you and per persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Expect insult. Write this down. Number one, expect insult, persecution, and lies. Expect these things to happen and come into your life because you follow Jesus. Expect insult, persecution, and lies simply because of your faith in Jesus Christ. One really wise individual this week was in my office. His name is Dub Sloan. Anytime he begins to speak, I listen. He said something this week, powerful. He said, you do not come to Christianity expecting to be treated nicely or something to, to that effect. I got it written down here. You don't come to Christianity expecting to not be persecuted. That's the, that's the way he put it. You don't come to Christianity thinking you're going to be popular. You don't come to Christianity because it's the end thing to do. You don't come to Christianity because everybody's going to like you. 
There was a time in our nation where everything seemed to be going in the same direction. And to be a Christian, you know, everybody just seemed to have an understanding of the Bible and church and things of that nature. Now it's completely the opposite. They are completely against a lot of things that has to do with the church. It's no longer the end thing to be. But whether it's in or whether it's out, you don't become a Christian simply to be in the in crowd and to be popular and to please people. You do it because you have faith in a Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and he was persecuted. So why do you think you're better than he is? Reminds me of what my mom told me to tell all those people that made fun of me as a kid. She said, son, you just look at them and say they made fun of Jesus when he was here. Go ahead and make fun of you. I didn't like that. But there was something that gave me some kind of a sense of, I guess, connection with Jesus in those moments. I don't like to say, go ahead and make fun of me. Where is that really nice? But the reality is, if you want to make fun of me because of my faith, you're not doing it because of me. You're doing it because of Jesus. Because look, look what he says here. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Not because of your Facebook post, because you were being stupid in what you said, but because of your stand for Jesus Christ, your love for Him, your faith in Him. People will lie about you. They will persecute you. They will insult you. They will say all kinds of manner of evil about you. Being a Christian isn't about being popular. It's about being loved by a holy and living God and pursuing after Him with faith. And absolutely standing in that and going, saying, even though I know this is coming. See, I want, I want you to understand, this, this is the whole package. Jesus gives us the whole package right here in the Beatitudes. You're spiritually bankrupt. You have nothing to bring. You are not in control of your own life. You can't forgive your own self and fix all of this. But... Christ came to do that. And when we hunger and thirst and ask for these things, God does something in our life, gives us a pure heart. Then we begin to make peace with other people. And the full package is this. You're going to get persecuted for it. You're going to do good and be persecuted. Second thing, my response to persecution because of Jesus should be eternally focused. Eternally focused, not inwardly focused, because that's what we do. When we get persecuted or somebody says evil things about us or false things, even though we're doing the right thing, we're doing good things, we want to defend ourselves. We, we get upset. We get angry. We call people stupid and dumb and, 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 and what's wrong with you. And, you know, we just get this internal rage going on. And we forget that our focus should not be internal but eternal. Because look what Jesus said. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In verse 10, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we are persecuted for our faith, then let's think about eternity rather than the present moment. Let's think eternally rather than internally. Yes, it's going to hurt. I'm going to tell you, it's not going to feel good. You're going to get hurt. It's going to be painful. But when we focus on eternity, we can have hope. 
We're not to insult. We're not to ban. We're not to discard. We're not to ignore. We're not to push people away. But as a matter of fact, if you do those things, you know what you're doing? You're doing the very thing that's being done to you. You're persecuting. And what did Jesus say? Are we to do the very thing that other people do to us? Or are we to love them as we expect to be loved, treat them the way we expect to be treated. And there, there are no fine print articles in that. We are, to, we are to love people. Now, some of you may be thinking, and maybe this just comes to mind because somebody's thought, well, Pastor, I just disagree. I don't think we need to be doormats. I don't think this says that we're to be a doormat, but we're not to be a persecutor of those who persecute us. In fact, he makes it very clear in this entire sermon that we are to forgive. We are not to... The Greek word for persecution, you know what it means? To push away. To drive out. And when we treat people that way and we push them away and we drive them out, we're doing the very thing that Jesus said will be done to us. And we should be just the opposite. We should not be persecuting. We should be telling them about the God they need to have peace with. Because you've had peace with Him. See, when you're comfortable with the peace you have with God, that, that compassion you have for those who persecute you increase. What did Jesus do when He hung on the cross? He did not stand up there and call them names, call down lightning from heaven. He didn't cause one of the soldiers to trip and bust his nose while He's hanging on the cross. While he's hanging on the cross, the very ones who had beat him, placed the thorn on, on, on his head and drove it into his, his scalp, who had him there hanging naked on the cross, nailed to a tree. He looks at them and he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Do you understand those who persecute you because of your faith is because they don't have peace with God, as you understand it. And so... When that takes place, it's not a personal attack on you. It is an attack on Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be attacking Him. I mean, He was there when all things were created. By Him and through Him, all things are held together. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. It's real easy to read that, isn't it? It's hard to live that. And here's the thing. Every single person in this room should have heard or experienced this. Because Jesus didn't say, blessed are some of those, there's going to be a few around the world who are going to be persecuted, and I do not want to... to uh, for you to understand, I'm taking light of persecution. As a matter of fact, I got a map that you're going to look at on the screen right now. And there are people being persecuted all over the world. Do you realize there are people today taking into their hands their life? They are going to be put into prison. They could be killed. Their life could be destroyed. Things taken away from them. And there is a, a list of the top 50 countries in which Christians are persecuted. Everything from being killed, imprisoned, things being taken away from them. Number one on the list is North Korea. That is the number one place for Christians to be persecuted. Notice 
There are people around this world giving their life for them to do what you and I are doing in this room right now. Anybody here afraid of your life that you're going to die because you came to church today? Anybody here afraid that you're going to go to prison because you came to church today? Anybody here afraid that your bank account will be frozen because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Anybody here worried that because you've got a Christian bumper sticker or you've got something on your car that says you're a Christian, that you're going to be pulled over and beaten because of that? Not one single person in this room, but around the world, that stuff goes on. We're very fortunate, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to also bring to the table this. Jesus did not say it's only those who are being persecuted in that way that will be persecuted. He said if you follow Jesus Christ, you are working to bring peace into other people's lives through Jesus Christ. You're telling them about Christ. You're building those relationships. You're doing these things. You will be persecuted as well. You will be pushed away. You'll be pushed out. Don't be surprised. Persecution takes a lot of different forms and it looks a lot of different ways. But the fact is, write this down. I want you to know this. If God is my authority and Jesus is my Lord, if God is my authority and Jesus is my Lord, I should not be surprised when I am persecuted. When I am treated unfairly. When I am pushed away. Do not be surprised if Jesus is your Lord and God is your authority when things happen. Don't begin to think, well, where is God? Why isn't He protecting me from this? Shouldn't good things be happening? I'm following after Jesus. According to Scripture, Jesus makes it clear, follow me, you get persecuted. But... That's what I love about it. I'm not following Christ because it will be easy. I'm following Christ because He died for me. He's changed my life. And whether good or bad comes from that, I'm following Christ because He died for me and He's made me a new creation. It's not about the benefit or of how I get treated from other people. It's about the benefit of my relationship with God. See, that's the beauty of this Christianity. It's not simply about the glorious good benefits you receive here on this earth. It's those things are removed. If becoming a Christian, you begin, your bank account begins to grow, and you get a new car, and you get a new job, and you get this beautiful spouse, and you get all these perfect children, and you live in a perfect world, and all is better. Why in the world would we need heaven? Everybody would be flocking to it. Man, you know, like I've said before, if being a, a pastor was easy, everybody would do, do it. They'd all be a pastor. If being a Christian was easy... This room would be packed with people. But being a Christian is not easy. The outlook is persecution. Don't be surprised. Don't let it shock you. And when it happens, understand it's not necessarily just against you. It is against Jesus. John chapter 15 verses 18 through 21 says this, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Jesus says these words, if the world hates you, just remember, they hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I choose you, I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do remember what I told you. 
a slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. Persecution, again, is not about me personally. It's about the Savior that I follow. It removes it from being a personal thing to understanding that I lead them into His hands because He's the one who will deal with it. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14 says, If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of the glory and of God rests on you. Those who persecute you will persecute other people. You're not the special case. If they persecute you, they're going to persecute other people in their life. And the only solution is not your name calling or your attacks. It's relationship with Jesus Christ in their life. You know what I love to see? I love to see someone who was an atheist become a complete, total follower of Christ fully. To see that transformation take place in someone's life is remarkable. For me, I grew up in church. I grew up in church, and one of the ideas I had about church was, man, if if I go to church and I do the right things, good things are going to happen to me. And then when I found good things weren't happening to me, I struggled in my faith to figure out why. Well, the reality is, when I began to look in Scripture, I realized God didn't hide that. He tells us clearly. Come to faith in Christ, follow His way, you will be persecuted. One of the ideas about confession, Tim Hatch, a few weeks ago when we were having a conversation, he said something that I wrote down. Again, I listen to you people. You are some smart people. He said, he said this. He said about confessing, which is speaking with the knowledge of, of something Tim Hatch said, confessing is like this. I know this is true, and I understand there are consequences to knowing this is true and that I am speaking it. But I will speak it anyway. That's what Jesus has called us to do. He has not called us to say, okay, I know this is true. I know persecution will come, and I know that I'll be treated harshly or pushed away. And therefore... That's called a peacekeeper. It's also called disobedience. It's also called sin. I am here as your pastor to tell you truth. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. If God prompts you to talk with someone, by all means do it. And if persecution comes, don't measure what you do based on how they respond to you. Base it on you obeying what God has asked you to do. Obedience is reward enough in itself, as Lynn Burkhalter says. I'm just quoting everybody today. So what must we do with this? Let's jump in. Acts chapter 5 is a very interesting story because in Acts chapter 5 you find 
disciples who have been proclaiming the word of God and they've been talking about Christ and there's this religious elite that's, that calls them in and tells them, don't you ever say anything else about Jesus. But yet they keep doing it. And then they get arrested and they're put in jail. And overnight they're freed from it. And when they go to get them the next morning, all the doors are locked and all the guards are there, but they're not in the jail. And they're out in the temple. They're talking about Jesus again. And so they come and ask them nicely to come before the religious leaders because they were afraid they'd get stoned or something. These soldiers would. And, and so here is Peter and they are standing before the religious elite knowing that they have the ability to take them out. They could lose their job. They could lose their relationships. They could lose their money. They could lose their life. They could lose their health. And yet, we find Peter doing this. Now, let me tell you. People who do not believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave would not say these kind of things because this is stupid if, if you don't believe it. He looks at these people and he says in chapter 5, in chapter 5 of Acts, that's chapter 7. Chapter 5 of Acts, they tell them, we have given you strict orders not to say anything about this Jesus, but yet you, you've done this and now it's just spread throughout Jerusalem. This is a mess. And Peter says, we must obey God. See, it's about obedience. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death. Man, is that just not bold? The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death. Looked him square. I could just see Peter now looking him straight in the eye and pointing his fingers at you. You put him to death. Man, the courage. You can only do this if you truly believe he died on the cross and rose from the grave. If not, you have lost your mind. You're a wacko. But this guy believes. He has faith. He knows. And he says in chapter 5, verse 29, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you have put to death, by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Man, that sounds like a good sermon. I mean, he's being bold. He's being strong. He's using his testimony, right? Have you ever heard the lie that just use your testimony? They can't fight against that. They, they can't ridicule you for, for, for your testimony. I'm reading in Scripture where Peter's talking about his testimony, and look at their response. Verse 33, but when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill him. Okay, that was a little intended to kill them, not him. That was a little country coming out in me, wasn't it? Intended to kill them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's persecution. He used his testimony. He was a witness. He talked about what he believed. But yet, they intended to kill him. But this man speaks up and he says, If this is from God, we don't need to get in the way. But if it's not from God, it's going to die out. It's going to go away. So you know what they did to him? They just let him go and just do their thing. No, look. Verse 40, They took his advice. And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them. Do you understand what flogging is? It's painful. It has to do with a whip. It has to do with 29 lashes on nothing but bare skin. They flogged them and ordered them again. 
not to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they released them. So they went on their way, went home. They were quiet not to find themselves in trouble again. No, let me actually read what's here. So they went on their way from the presence of the council. Look at this word. Rejoicing. He must be off his rocker. You just got beat, got in trouble, thrown in jail, and you're going away rejoicing? It says rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. <laughs> I love this. And every day, I think they ramped it up. It wasn't just on, on the Sabbath or just on Sunday. It says, and every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus. Persecution did not stop them because what they believed was greater than the pain that they were experiencing. What must we do with this? I think we need to do what Peter said, what Jesus said, and what's clear in Scripture. It's this word here. Are you ready for this word? We're going to find it in 1 Peter chapter 4 as well. It is a word that I want us to all say. When we're faced with persecution, we need to rejoice. I know, somebody just thought in your mind, yeah, pastor, now you're the one who's off your rocker. You have lost your ever-loving mind. You're telling me that when I am persecuted and treated wrongly for believing in Jesus, you're telling me to rejoice. Have you ever been hurt, pastor? It hurts. You don't want to rejoice. You want to lash out. You want to get angry. You want to call them names. You want to be mean, but yet you're telling me to rejoice? You're crazy. Let me just remind you, I didn't write this, but Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, before we get to Luke, Jesus said, Blessed are, are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and, and persecute you and falsely say all kind of evil things against you because of me. Verse 12, he uses this word, Rejoice and be glad. We saw, see it here in 1 Peter. We see it, Peter experienced and gave us this example in 1 Peter. Chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Just real quick, let's look at this. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, the trial, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange things were happening to you. Peter's saying, don't be shocked when you get persecuted. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of His glory, you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that no one, none of you... Okay, listen. I wanted this to be one of my points today. I didn't write it down. But if you're going to get persecuted... Be persecuted for following Jesus and being righteous rather than being stupid. Didn't know how that would go well if, if we wrote that one down. But here's the scriptural reference to that, okay? Verse 14, if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Verse 15 of 1 Peter chapter 4. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler why does he have to throw that one in there? But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. 
Don't be a persecutor. And when you're persecuted, don't act like a fool. I don't know if I can make it any simpler than that. Keep your mind on the eternal things, the stuff of heaven, what is to come, and that our Savior, whom, whom we are following, is the one who was persecuted before you and I. Whenever you, this is a thought that I had that I wrote down that I didn't want to miss telling you. When you suffer for the name of Jesus, you get a small taste of what he suffered for your salvation. A small taste. Persecution is one of the greatest ways to determine whether your faith in Christ is real or fake. Just something to be popular and good or that it is something that is rock solid. Persecution will separate the men from the boys, the women from the children. Because when we are persecuted, we'll have a choice. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 45 says this, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and to hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So your seven-day challenge is just simply this. For the next seven days, I challenge you to do this. Don't fight on Facebook. Don't fight on Instagram. Fight on your knees. If somebody is persecute, persecuting you or there is someone that you know that's being persecuted against or there's something going on and you are moved because of that, don't take to Facebook without first taking to your knees and praying for the one doing the persecuting. That'll change the game. That will completely change the game. So today, there's your challenge. There's the reality. There's the truth. That if you are to follow Christ, if He is your Lord and God is your authority and you are to do what He says, don't be surprised if you're persecuted. Don't be surprised if people call you names. Don't be surprised if you're pushed away. If you're reviled. Don't be surprised if they say lies about you. Because <laughs> Jesus told you it's going to happen. Peter experienced it. But your, your absolute faith in Jesus Christ will give you the strength to push through that persecution and to keep going for Him. Keep Him as your focus. Will you pray with me? Father, today we come to You knowing that, God, if we were to design this, if we were to write it, we sure would make it sound better. Because we know the flesh of mankind our flesh wants good things to come when we do good stuff. We want to believe. We want to have this belief system that if we do right, then right things will happen. But when it comes to our faith, you made it very clear. When we do what's righteous, when we follow after you, that we will be persecuted. Bad things are going to happen. But the blessings that we receive is not tied to the temporal of people's acceptance of us, but of the love that you had for us to suffer for us. 
May we identify with that. Lord, today, if there's someone who does not have a relationship with you, that they've been trying to do the right thing so that you would do right and let them into heaven, God, help them understand that ain't how it works according to the Bible. There is none of us righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. It also says in Romans that we have all fallen short of God's glory. We're all a mess. We're all spiritually bankrupt. But what's so beautiful is we don't have to convince you to do something great for us. You've already done it. Your son Jesus Christ came to this earth to take our place, to take the punishment so that we could have that forgiveness and live forever. Have a new name written down in glory. We're talking about my Jesus. Father, I pray that right now you'll move upon the hearts of these people that they will commit their life to you if they have not. For those of us who have given our life to Christ and we have this faith, we believe, we've been born again, we've been saved. Well, let us not be ugly or rude. Let us not become a persecutor. Let us fight on our knees first and pray for those who are persecuting. Help us make peace between people and you. Be our authority. Be our Lord. Be our Savior. Lord, we lead this into your hands to do your work among your people. In Jesus' name.